Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. He charged me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to Allegedly Bravo. Um, I'm here today with a very special guest. It's Allegra from Legally 40-ish. How are you? I am good. I'm sorry I'm a little under the weather, so I sound a little congested, but I'm good otherwise. I think you sound great. Don't even worry about it. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your show, um, Legally 40-ish, what it is and where everyone can find you like right off the bat, just so that, you know, everyone can go listen to you. (laughs) Thank you. You're so sweet. So, (laughs) well, I'll give you a little backstory. So my friend Natasha and I started a podcast called Legally 40-ish. We were two 40-ish attorneys, um, kind of trying to figure out where we are in life. And um, she loves constitutional law and politics. And I love pop culture. So we were breaking down legal issues in pop culture and politics in 40-ish minutes. And somewhere along the way, Natasha kind of decided she didn't want to do this anymore. So uh, we, I'm still hanging on to the handle legally 40-ish, um, just 4-0-I-S-H. I'm on Instagram, kind of not yet dabbling in um, TikTok because I'm 40. Like that doesn't, <laughs> it's not really meant for my age range, but I'm trying to get into that. But Yeah, I'm so I've taken kind of a small hiatus just to kind of I want to rebrand. But once you've already started something under a certain name, um, you kind of want to stick with it. But at the same time, we've veered from that because it's just me now. And so um, but still, yeah, I'm an attorney. I've been practicing for over 10 years and I've been obsessed with pop culture as long as I can remember. So combining the two things is, you know, my jam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I remember we ha- we've shared episodes before, like we've swapped episodes before. So if you guys haven't heard the episodes that we've done with Allegra, go back in time and listen to them. Um, we did a couple episodes, I think at least one or two on the whole Erica Jane thing when it first started, right? Was it then or was it the was it the appeal? I can't even remember. I can't There's remember either. So it's much. been a long time, but I know we definitely did one on Apollo. Remember? 
Oh um, my God, Apollo. Yes. <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure we did one on Erica Jean as well. And it was funny because when uh, we were talking about recording today's episode, I went back to my old episodes because I haven't done one in like a year. And the second yeah. to last one I did was on this topic when Erica originally lost the earrings. So it's kind of fitting oh, that I'm picking up back here where kind of I left off a year ago. Yeah. So when you listen to that episode, like, did it jog your memory? Like what were, cause I, sure. kind of, I honestly like forgot kind of about the earrings. Like after they went off to Ron Richard's wife, I was just like out of sight, out of mind. Totally. Yeah. I went back to listen just so I could not redo my notes, you know, and not redo yeah. my legal research. But I also, I mean, if you want to listen to that, please do. You can find it, you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast, it's a little dry. I'm not going to lie. It's like not my best work. <laughs> I was like, damn, like you're boring, but, um, but it's short. It's like, it's like eight minutes. And I talk about a Britney thing in the same episode. So just like kind of a quick thing, but, um, yeah, so I did go back and listen to jog my memory for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I remember this what happened was like before we got to the appeals process, obviously there was an order before um, that said that Erica had to turn over these earrings to like the whole trustee, right? Of the yeah. bankruptcy. Yeah. Should we back it up just like a tiny bit just so everyone knows what we're here for and what we're yeah. talking about? Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> I don't even think we gave them an intro. We didn't. You know what? You're so right. I didn't take notes. Like I'm going off the cuff. Like I was just so excited. Um, <laughs> But we are here today to talk about the Erica Jane appeal. Um, if you guys don't remember, she had her earrings. She lost them. There was a whole appeals process. And then the appellate court came out with their ruling. And we'll talk more about that. But um, recently, Erica had posted on her Instagram that she won her earrings back. Like, so she took a screenshot of somebody else who posted. Yeah, you have it up. Mm -hmm. What does it say? Okay, so it's um just plain Zach. I think it's is it Zach Peters or something? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. So he put in a thread. Whoa, in a shocking appeal, the court just determined that Erica Jane is entitled to keep her earrings, all caps. The appeals court says they are her earrings. Should we go live to discuss? And then Erica screenshotted that and posted that on her Instagram. So this is kind of where it's back in the news, in my opinion, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. This is, she, she like put this controversy right in front of us again for fodder, for content. And I think what makes it interesting for people like me and Lauren, who are attorneys and it's what we do for a living. Like it, that's just factually legally incorrect. Correct. Like, everything <laughs> yeah. about that statement is incorrect. And so when I see something like that, I'm like, oh, there's an appellate decision. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I kind of nerd out and want to read it and want to see what happens. And then I'm like, that is not even close to accurate. Right. So I wonder sometimes like, uh, why did he put that in a thread? Did he get that somewhere else? Did she, do they have a relationship where maybe he got some information that wasn't totally accurate? I'm just, right. it, it, it piques my interest. It piques my interest too, because this order that they're talking about where Erica allegedly got her earrings back came out in May 1st of this year. And we're recording this on July 23rd. So this is almost three months ago. Yeah. And I think um, her actual post was just like in the last week, right? I mean, so yeah, I yeah. screenshotted it yesterday and it said three days ago. So it was just yeah. this week that it's coming out in the news. And you're right. This is actually would be stale news otherwise, because this was so long ago. This was so long ago. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
And it makes me think of like the Legally Blonde co- quote where she's like, why now? Why this sperm? It's like, <laughs> why now? Like, why this order? I don't understand. Like, where did it come from? And I, that's a great point about where did Zach get this information? And like, why did Zach get this information? And then why did it go out there? Because usually when I see things like this, like I'm, especially with like radar online, like obviously this isn't in Zach is like an Instagram account and I think he's got a show, but he's not like radar online, you know? And I feel like with radar, you can see, you can totally tell like who paid for the story or like who's supposed to benefit from the news story. And I wonder with Zach, like, was he sort of acting as a radar online where somebody like gave him this information and was like, please run with it. Yeah. You know, it has to be unless it has to be. I mean, there has to be some sort of someone gave him some information because otherwise, unless he, if he's following the docket and then he would have gotten the information, you know, months ago when it came months out. Ago. And yeah. so just to get it at this, this timing, I do think it's a little bit curious that this is coming out just before she's starting her Vegas residency. She was just flying mm-hmm. to Vegas to start this. And now she's getting her name out there. And there was something in the um, pleading. So in the briefs that were um, filed mm-hmm. that kind of talks about this particular issue. So it's to me, I thought that was kind of uh, funny. I want to find the quote really quick. Um, I don't know if you saw it as well, but it was in the trustees, one of the trustees um, briefs at, at the appellate level. And we'll get to all of that, but this person or the, the person who wrote the brief, the attorney said, Erica would like to use a reversal of the bankruptcy court's turnover order for social media reasons. Oh, there you go. I mean, and I feel like throughout this whole case, she's kind of been like accused of using this for like her social media. Like remember when she was selling her clothes on whatever that website was? Yeah. I don't remember the website, but yes. And then the court was like, you need to not do that. And then here it's like, yeah, she's kind of using this for content. Yeah, for sure. But let's kind of, let's get into what happened legally. Cause I think, I think we have not an obligation because who are we, but I think it's important that we use our platform to give people information, let them know what's really happening and the the facts. Cause Erica did in fact win her appeal. I mean, I would, Mm -hmm. she won, but yeah, I would consider that a win for sure, but it's not so black and white. Right. Exactly. So what part do you want to start at? I mean, I have like all the pleadings open. Do you want to just work on the order? (laughs) So I I think we should really quickly just go over what happened just legally up the chain, how we got to the appellate level and just a quick refresher on the facts and why, why this is even an issue. I agree. Okay. Um, do you want to start? Sure. I'll start. Okay. Okay. So the, I'll just give quick background facts. So back yeah. in March, 2007, um, Tom Girardi, Erica's estranged husband wrote a check from his Girardi keys client trust account. Um, do you want me to briefly say what a client trust account is for those who don't know? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I do this kind of work, so this is super familiar to me, but essentially when you are a plaintiff's attorney, you represent plaintiffs on a contingency fee and the firm advances costs and fees for the case. Um, they also mm-hmm. get a percentage of the, uh, award at the end of the, the case. So, but all of the money that, a, that is paid, let's say a client wins a million dollars, that money is put into the client trust account and that money is held by the law firm in trust for the client. 
And then the client has an agreement with the attorney and the attorney can take out money from the trust for their fees and for the cost that they've advanced on your case. So that so that's what a client trust account is. And so Tom Girardi wrote a check from the client trust account payable to, uh, it was just said MNM in the amount mm-hmm. of $750,000. Um, and he concealed that payment as a client cost. So he just said this was a client cost. It said M&M. No one really... Or no one was into it. Yep. No idea. No, no one knew what that was for. Sure. Could be cost mm-hmm. on the case. Um, it wasn't found out until the bankruptcy when the trustee starts going through all of the finances for Jordy Keese and realizes, wait a minute, that check, I have the canceled check. It's actually M and M jewelers mm-hmm. and it's to purchase earrings for his wife, Erica Jordy. which is insane. Honking diamonds. <laughs> yes. And what I, I think is an important fact is that the client trust account that he wrote the check from was a specific case. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know how to pronounce it, but I think it says Rizulin. Rizulin? Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a drug, probably some mass tort case. It is. And it was for um, people with diabetes. Okay. So for- Which makes me think of the um, Ozempics of it all. <laughs> you know, it just like brings me back. <laughs> and we come back to Ozempic. Um, yeah. No, I think that it's like if for anyone who's listening, you know, you've seen the commercials. It's like, if you've ever had mesothelioma, <laughs> mesothelioma, <laughs> you can call us. And that's what a mass tort is. And so I'm sure these clients who had some sort of, you know, I don't know, something happened with the Rizulin clients. So nonetheless, um, th- that's where the money was essentially embezzled from or stolen from. And when the trustee figured out that Tom had stolen this money, purchased these earrings for Erica, the trustee said, Erica, those earrings aren't yours. They're part mm-hmm. of the Girardi Keys estate. Mm-hmm. You need to give them back to us so we can essentially liquidate the earrings to pay off the creditors in the bankruptcy matter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. th- those are the facts, really. Those are the facts. So the trustee filed a motion with the bankrupt, no, with the bankruptcy court, yep. right? Yes. And was like, hey, we are going to ask you to go ahead and have Erica give us these earrings that she's wearing because we figured out that the money came from this trust account. And because the money came from this trust account, they're property of this particular estate. Correct. And then Erica's defense on that was one, that the statute of limitations had run. And that's a complicated issue that we don't need to get in the weeds for, but essentially- So boring too. So boring. I was like, oh my God, I can't stay awake. Um, (laughs) But that was one of the arguments and kind of their main argument. Um, And then the second argument was that funds- that are in a trust account, a client trust account are not property of the estate. Um, mm-hmm. And then the third issue was that they had, that the trustee had no standing to bring this action on behalf of the Rizulian clients, which mm-hmm. two things on that one. I mean, just f- like the, I thought that the argument about the funds held in the trust are not property of the state is a good argument. I mean, and, yeah. and it is the law too. So, I mean, that was their legal argument. Um mm-hmm. But it makes sense. If I'm holding money for you in a trust account and I owe someone else money, I can't take the money that's yours and pay that person. (laughs) It's your money. No, that's stealing from me. Exactly. So that made sense to me. And that's the law. I mean, that was the legal argument. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I really thought that the last argument was really good. They kind of abandoned that at the appellate court. But it makes sense that like if Tom stole money from the Rizulin clients, Mm -hmm. And the Rizulin clients are not creditors in the bankruptcy estate. 
mm-hmm. then they shouldn't be able to use the Rizulin money to pay these people. That right. money is their exactly. money, <laughs> right? Right. They should come after it. Exactly. So I thought that was yeah. actually probably, I thought that was one of the really good arguments, but nonetheless, she lost all of those arguments and the she bankruptcy did. court said, no, turn over the earrings. Give them, give them now. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and what do you think though? Like take away all the legal issues. Do you think that like yeah. morally, once she found out that Tom had purchased those earrings with embezzled funds, that she had some sort of moral obligation to, to give that money back or what's your thoughts? It's like, I mean, I'll just put myself in this situation. Like we're taking the law away. If it were me and I had these like very expensive earrings and I knew that the money was going to like kind of right the wrongs that I'm, even if, even if I wasn't involved in the embezzlement, like I'm involved by my ears, you know? (laughs) So I would, I think I would give them to the trustee. And I think there is sort of like a moral thing yeah, I guess there is like a moral obligation where I would want to do anything I could to get rid of my, you know, tainted goods and like have them do some good in the world. Um, But also it's like, does it, I don't know. Is she required to No, but should she? Yeah. I know it's hard. I, I ask you not to put you on the spot, but only because I was like vacillating between the two as well. I'm like, yeah, I suppose Sure. And I think that's the thing. People were so pissed off that you kept seeing things on the internet. People being like, she shouldn't keep them. She should get rid of everything. And it's like, I see it two ways. Like her whole life is imploding as well. Right. She thought she was wealthy and married to a wealthy man. And now she's being sued by everyone under the sun. She's losing everything she has. And she has a few assets that may help her like not become destitute. Right. And, and at the same time, liquidating the or giving the earrings to the trustee, isn't necessarily giving writing the wrong to the proper person, you know, like if she, right. if she had sold the earrings, which supposedly had appreciated quite a bit and gotten all that money and been like, here to these clients, this is your money. I want you to be paid back. That's another yeah. issue, but giving it to the trustee of the bankruptcy estate. I don't know. I don't know that that's writing the wrong as well. Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good point actually. So I don't know. I, I was in between. I was trying to think if that were me, of course, I'd feel guilty keeping all this shit that I knew my husband had stolen. Right. But I just don't know the best way to make it right, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. And know. also at the same time, like it seems like Tom is really getting away scot-free at this point. Like we're all kind of like, oh, but he's fucked in the head or something. Like, what are they saying that he can't remember anything? Allegedly. He has no idea. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's hiding away in whatever home he's hiding away in. No one's bothering him. People aren't coming to his, you know, old folks home or any of that. But like Erica is kind of, you know, I mean, besides the fact that she kind of thrust this into our faces by posting it on her Instagram, like she's kind of getting the the heat of all of this in the press and on TV and with Bravo fans. And we are not nice. Bravo fans are not nice, you know, (laughs) for sure. And I think that like, it's easy to say, you know, screw her. She's been living high on the hog. Her husband's a criminal. She shouldn't Mm -hmm. get to keep anything. She should have, you know, whatever, all of that. I, I can see that on one hand, but if you can take a step back and go, okay, but she's also, a victim of Tom Girardi, in my opinion. Right. And yeah. Tom is still, yes, he's, he's, he's living in a, like an assisted living facility or a mental, um, 
care facility for people, I think with dementia, mm-hmm. but I'm sure his family's taking care of him. He's not right. living under a bridge, like destitute. Right. So she does, I think, have to take care of herself in a way, you know, make sure mm-hmm. she's like, she's got to defend herself against all of these legal actions. And I'm not saying she's acted appropriately or she's done everything the no. right way. I'm just saying, yeah. I think it's more nuanced than the internet ever lets, lets anything be, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, don't know. I do wonder though. I often wonder if she speaks with Tom, you know, I don't know that I believe that he's incapacitated in the way that they've you know, alleged. Um, Mm -hmm. and obviously I don't, I don't know what's happened, but I think there was a determination in a different court that he's mentally fit to stand trial. Yeah. Uh, Have you done any research on that yet? I haven't. Yeah. I mean, no, No. that may be an interesting topic to go on next, but anyway, that, I mean, just in the, you know, we have like morality versus legality. And I think that this is a complicated issue in both areas. It is. I did. I do have to say, though, I didn't like how Erica like kind of dug her feet in and really was like, it seemed like anti-victim. Oh, yeah. It was gross. Yeah. Like the whole I think that was the pendulum swaying really hard. And hopefully we're in a place where like we're going to go into next season where she's sort of mellowed out on like because at this at that point last season, it kind of felt like it was Erica versus the victims too. It was bizarre behavior. I, I have no, yeah. like, she did herself zero favors. I think yeah. that had she been empathetic or compassionate or kind or anything other than me, 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 I think yeah. maybe people would have felt differently, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand her behavior at all. I thought it was insane, but it made for watchable television. <laughs> it really did. It was super, it was a great, it was a great season. Yeah. It's so horrible. <laughs> So the trustee ordered her to turn her earrings over and um, there was a bit of a, like, do you remember when this was happening? And she was like, kind of like, no, I don't have to turn these over, blah, blah, blah. Like basically come and get them. And it was like, I felt like it was a very much a social media thing again, where she was like using these earrings again in social media to be like, I don't have to turn them over. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. You do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that the order was pretty clear. It because mm-hmm. the, the motion that was filed is called a motion for turnover. Right. And the court said that the trustees shall maintain the proceeds from the sale of the property in a segregated trust account subject to further mm-hmm. order. So, I mean, essentially, the court said, yeah, you got to turn them over and the trustee can then sell the earrings and we'll go from there. Recover some money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was really interesting to watch the collection process happen. And then we had the auction process. It, this is all happening in between the appellate court's order, which is interestingly the district court. Oh, when filed? Yeah, like when she did this appeal, like it seemed like a district court judge looked over it. Yeah, I don't know how the appeals process works in bankruptcy, but it looks like it goes up straight through like a traditional yeah. federal case through the it's district court. Interesting. Yeah. I don't do you practice much in federal court. No. Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah. I don't either. I'm admitted, I think in the central district in California, but um, I don't really most almost like 99% of my cases are in state court. So yeah. I'm federal sure. court's like really scary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go there. <laughs> it's so formal. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, state court is too. Don't get me wrong. We still have to act appropriately, no. but it's just a different yeah. beast. It's a way different beast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went, I, I went to Judge Shaw's sentencing in New York, oh, and that was right. like in a federal courthouse. And I, re- I just remember being like, "Is is my blazer appropriate? Like, am I okay? You know, it's just like even just walking into the courtroom feels different in the federal courthouse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like really scary. Um, but during this whole process, like before this order came out the auction happened for Erica's earrings and all of Tom's stuff. Do you remember that? I do. So I, I don't remember the order in which any of that happened, if I'm being completely honest, Mm -hmm. but I, did I tell you that one of my friends bought Tom's car that was on on the auction? (gasps) No. Oh my God. (laughs) I have to find it. Yeah. He, he bought the Cadillac. It was oh, like a Cadillac that... for sale on the auction. Stop. Was it the one that he like rolled down the hill in? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but that should be in a museum somewhere. Can that, I don't think that'll fit in the Bravo clubhouse, nor do they want it. <laughs> I, <don't think> so. <laughs> either. I should I should be like, I should have to tell my friend to get it somehow to BravoCon in Las Vegas. Oh my God. I, you should take it to BravoCon. <laughs> I would, I'll can... be fine if I can get a damn ticket. Um, yeah. But, right. Oh my God. But yeah. So. I mean, and like for, for your listeners who don't know, like, because I practice in this area of law in Orange County in LA. So uh, it's a very small community. I know Mm -hmm. Tom Girardi, I know Girardi Keys, I know. Um, So our, like our people within our community, I mean, my friend just thought it'd be funny to buy it. So he bought it. I mean, and it is, it's really funny. (laughs) It's funny, but like, I'm like, I don't know how much cash you got lying around that you think it'd be funny to just buy a Cadillac at auction, but good for you. Good Good for you. you. (laughs) But yeah, so I, that's how I remember it. And I remember the area, but I thought maybe they, were they separate? Um, or did that all happen at the same time? I don't remember. It was around the same time. I don't remember if all the like auctions, because I know a lot of the stuff on auction was online. I can't remember how the earrings got auctioned off. But I remember Ron Richards is the one who won the earrings. And I remember just kind of, and he tried to buy the house, right? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I remember just kind of thinking that that was really interesting. And when he won the earrings, he like very much celebrated that online. Um, He's an interesting character. He is an interesting character. And like, because he worked on the bankruptcy, um, I find it really interesting that this behavior is tolerated. I, I do too. There's something about it that just smells fishy. Like it's, yeah. it's nefarious in some way. And I can't figure out how it's not in a, pro- or, well, it's inappropriate. I don't know how it's improper. You know what I mean? It yeah. feels improper. It right. smells something about it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel very good. Mm-mm. No. And, um, the, like, it feels to me, and I don't know what the deal is either, but it feels to me like he's very anti Erica and, you know, not to be an apologist here, but it's Tom Girardi that, Mm -hmm. you know, that this is all stemming from. And so I feel maybe it's a little misdirected. I don't know. I I agree. That's just. And how much did he pay for the earrings? You know, I think it was $250,000. Which is crazy because when I read. Yes, because I remember reading yeah. in the pleadings. Obviously, Tom paid seven fifty four seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for them. Yeah. But then I read somewhere that they had appreciated to like one point six or something. That yeah, was what they that estimated. they were like, it was like seven. It was like seven hundred and fifty per earring. That's insane. And he paid two fifty total. 
I'm pretty sure I can. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I remember that number coming up, but yeah, he got a deal, which is so wild to say. Such a bit. I know. Yeah, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, who knew Ron Richards was rolling? I know, right? And that's like a total. I mean, way to flip the money too, because like you can go ahead and like sell those for apparently half a over half a million dollars. Yeah, you know, so he'd come out. He'd come out looking pretty there. I think. For sure. So when the, um, do you remember, well, I know you remember, cause I think you're the one who posted it when Erica was at the reunion, when Erica was like, they're on appeal for legal reasons. Yes. <laughs> for oh legal reasons. God. And that's all she would say. Cause they were, I forget who was asked. I'm sure it was Andy. Cause no one really likes to push her, but <laughs> it was about, right. What was, I forget what the question was. Do you remember? Yeah, I think he was asking her like about the earrings and like if she had to turn them over and what the deal was and kind of, you know, how Andy likes to get a little status check. (laughs) And I think he was kind of taking the status check of that. And she just kept saying they're on appeal for legal reasons, but she never went into the reasons why she appealed them. I did an episode on them. So if if you want to listen to it, go back in time. If you want a deep debrief into the you know appeals but um the the reasons she appealed them are again the statute of limitations and the statute of repose and that the court aired as a matter of law when it determined that the turnover motion applied to the earrings and the things that i found the most interesting in her appeal for the earrings was how she was pretty much saying and this was you know what i got out of it that the amount of time that the uh, trustee could reach back in time to like collect on the earrings was just, it was too late. Yeah. So is that, I mean, th- that's, that's what she was arguing. I kind mm-hmm. of, again, was falling asleep during that part of reading about it because Ugh. I felt like I understood her argument, but it seemed mm-hmm. that the court just fully flat out disregarded her argument. So I didn't spend as much time on it, but I, I, I thought, so in, I have a question for you in reading both sides Mm -hmm. of the, like both sides, the trustees, the attorney for the trustees and the attorney for Erica, I -hmm. found Erica's attorney's brief writing much better. I did too. Cause it was so simple to follow. Like, Uh uh-huh. You knew exact. It was a recipe. Uh huh. I was like, this person would pass the bar on the first try. Because, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it, because those, because it was like, bam. Here's the heading. Here, like, mm-hmm. I knew exactly what I was reading and what the arguments were in such a clear and concise way, and so it yeah. made it so much more palatable to be able to read and to digest and to actually understand. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is an A plus lesson in brief writing. I was very for impressed. real. Yeah, her attorney. And was I good. feel like when you read the two briefs like next to each other and you read the trustees versus this one, I thought this one was so good. It kind of looked like an adult and then like kind of a little temper tantrum on paper, you know, like, and then somebody coming back in to put a nice little bow on it and be like, and this is why we need to win the earrings back, you know? And I, her attorney spent the most time on the statute of limitations issue because Mm -hmm. just for anyone listening, that would 100% 100% reverse it case over mm-hmm. done. There's no more discussion about the earrings. So you're going right. to, if, if you, if it's your best argument and also the one that's going to get you a clear win, you're going to mm-hmm. spend the most time on that. And so, and you should, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. that was the most, that's where they spent the bulk of their argument. Um, mm-hmm. and like Lauren said, it was essentially saying that 
this conduct happened in 2007. And here we are in 2022, 21, when this all was going down too late, the statute had run under any possible interpretation of the law. Mm-hmm. This is totally barred mm-hmm. essentially. Um, I, and I found the, the arguments that were the most persuasive to me and probably because I had already, I already knew the outcome that, mm-hmm. and that probably swayed my reading um knowing the outcome versus not um Mm -hmm. i thought that her best argument was talking about failing to prove that the earrings are property of the state i found that saying that the funds that are in the trust account where you know that Mm -hmm. that's where the money came from yep that were used to purchase the earrings the law is very clear funds held in an express trust account are not property of the state so Mm -hmm. i just was like that was so simple to me right yeah And honestly, it was like a really good way to win the argument, you know, because it's like they put forward, in my opinion, two very good arguments. Either it's over right off the bat because there was no statute of limitations, like there was an issue with it, or it's over when it's not property of the estate. Like they're very like substantial reasons why they shouldn't be considered part of the estate and collected on i thought same and i think that when erica said they're on appeal for legal reasons for legal reasons she was yeah. not wrong <laughs> no she they was were, not wrong and they are actual legal reasons they're not factual reasons they are right. legal arguments that would defeat the trustees arguments right and they were i thought very interesting too like i don't work in bankruptcy none of that so all of this was super interesting to like read and like you said erica's attorney really spelled it out quite nicely. And I had read these briefs the first time before there was an order. Mm. So I kind of was like, oh, well, whose side am I on? And after the briefing before the order, I thought Erica was a hundred percent going to win. Oh, you did. Uh-huh. See, I had, a... I was like, no, I, yeah, I hadn't read the appellate briefs, but mm-hmm. I thought she should have won originally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So reading these, I was like, oh yeah. And I think her attorney hit it out of the ballpark. I mean, he was, he wasn't wrong and he wasn't being creative or clever or, you know, people sometimes don't like attorneys. Yeah. Yeah. Getting my, I thought he did so good. There was no technicality here that they were trying to make some argument. It was just straight up the law. Right. It was like a very, it wasn't frivolous. It was like a very respectful brief. Like this is an actual legal error. And it makes sense because like, I think I said it earlier already, if I'm your attorney, and mm-hmm. I'm holding Lauren's money mm-hmm. in a trust account. And I happen to embezzle that money and make a purchase. Well, yeah. when the when the when I go into bankruptcy, if I have Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Money in that trust account, the bankruptcy court can't touch that money because that's Lauren's money. That's not my right. money. It was never my money. So that makes total sense. And that's essentially mm-hmm. what is happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that saying, um, I think her, her attorney did a great job. And do you know how long it took from the time they filed the briefs to actually getting um, an order from the court? Well, let's see. It looks like the her appeal was filed in October 31st. So, or I'm sorry, that was the response brief. So, I mean, it's been at least six months, right? Since the first brief. Okay. So it wasn't that long, really. Yeah. Which I know sounds insane to some people. They're like six months doesn't take right. a long time. But in 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 the civil justice system, we always say the wheels of justice turn very slowly. Very slowly. So yeah. This is not uncommon. And actually no. moving to get an appellate decision in less than a year seems very quick to me. Yeah. And the the order to turn them over was July 11th, 2022. So I mean, yeah. maybe that's why she's bringing it up again, because it's been a year. Maybe it was like on her Google calendar or something, <laughs> or like maybe her time hop reminded her, Hey, remember? <laughs> I love that. Her Instagram memories on this day. <laughs> you lost your earrings. She's like, no, I got him back. <laughs> but bitch, you didn't get him back. We can even go into that. What about the other argument? And this is such a legal argument. So I hope people don't fall asleep, but um, <laughs> the equitable mootness argument. Oh my God. I was getting so bored of that. I mean, like I was getting bored because to me it seemed very obvious, but do you want me to break down really quickly what that is? Okay. Yeah, so go equi- ahead. essentially the trustee was arguing that this whole appeal is moot, meaning like it's mm-hmm. it's not a non-issue because the earrings mm-hmm. were already sold. The earrings were sold. Right. We can't get them back because it would harm the person who purchased the earrings. And so Erica has no remedy here. So this appeal mm-hmm. is for not it's for no right. no good reason. And that's, I think, in that argument is when they're like, she's just doing this because she wants to have a win on her Instagram. And mm-hmm. the court actually asked for more briefing on this issue because I think the court was a little bit persuaded, like, hey, these earrings were already sold. What are you looking for here? Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. What, what's what's the deal? Why are you bothering us? Um, this yeah. is a non-issue now. And Erica argued, because what happened is in the meantime, from the time that the turnover order was um, issued or was granted... Erica turns over the earrings. They do a notice of sale. They do a sale. They do all of these steps. And nowhere along the way, Erica objects or files a stay right. saying, hey, hold up. We're appealing yeah. this. Don't sell these earrings. And so the, they're saying she lost any rights to appeal because she didn't try to stop the sale right. of these earrings. And, and she didn't care about them then. So why are we here now? Exactly. But her attorney, and I think this is actually incredibly accurate, and the court agreed with her attorney, is that um, he said, we're not looking to unwind the sale. We're not asking you to get the earrings back, pay the person back, whatever, right. all of that. We're saying that Erica should get the proceeds from the sale because right. you you sold her earrings. You sold her stuff. Yeah, that you shouldn't have sold. And so she and she'd only be getting two hundred and fifty thousand less all the fees that it costs to do it, you know, or the cost to, to right. sell it. So they're actually she would be getting less than what the earrings were actually worth. But way less. Way and less. she's not like she's not going back and asking for the value of her sold item. Exactly. Like, which she very well could, honestly. That's I what think. I thought. I was like, yeah. dang, she's kind of getting screwed if they, un- like, I won't say unlawfully, but if they wrongly sold her earrings, which were worth mm-hmm. close to $1.5 million. Right. And she's going to get about, let's say, 200 grand for them. 
that's kind of shitty. Yeah. And everyone loses in this situation. Right. Exactly. The only person that wins is Ron Richards. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of equity for not a lot of money. <laughs> Truthfully, how did he come out ahead? This whole I don't process? know. It's really annoying, though. <laughs> I just like, you know, I don't know Ron Richards at all, but there was a while that I was getting real frustrated with him because he would post the legal like these briefs and stuff on his Instagram, which was great. Fabulous. Love it. But he would smack his big old red name right across all the text. And I'm like, how am I supposed to read this, Ronald? I don't understand. And, it drove me nuts. And he's watermarking a public document. Like, right. It's <laughs> like, just let him have it. Just like, put it out into the universe and let everyone use it. Right. He wanted like, credit for getting a publicly filed document. It was annoying. Exactly. <laughs> It was so annoying in big red letters, big red. And it was kind of ugly font. It wasn't even cute. I know it wasn't even cute. Obviously he doesn't. And it wasn't like, put your name behind the text. (laughs) He didn't even watermark it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, you're so annoying. Obviously you're, you know, never been a law clerk before. (laughs) (laughs) No, he probably was a law clerk when there was no computers. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not to like age shame, but you know, no, but you know, he's old. Just kidding. (laughs) So am I. It's okay. Um, So yeah, the equitable mootness argument was kind of a big issue, but essentially Mm -hmm. the court said, nah, she has a remedy here. The remedy is she could get the proceeds from the sale and we're going to ignore that issue. And so um, let's go through the appellate decision. Yes. I actually loved, I loved reading this. Wow. That is so, that's a big (laughs) statement for a brief. I know. (laughs) I just thought it, I know it's like a really boring thing, but I had so much fun. And if you guys could see your face, like that was genuine reaction. (laughs) My smiles lit up. I just thought it was super interesting and very fair and kind of, I got like an underlying like vibe of like brutalness. Like, listen, I'm going to slap you both on the wrist. You know, that's kind of the vibe that I got from it. So I enjoyed reading it. Did you, how did you feel reading this? Well, I don't think my level of excitement was quite as high as yours. If I'm being totally honest. I'm like emailing it to everyone. You've got to read this. Um, <laughs> but I found it to be incredibly fair. The mm-hmm. only thing I took issue with, and that's because of my own, um, I guess, I don't know, ignorance of next steps is well, and we'll get to that. I just felt like it left it a little bit like up in the air of, well, how do we resolve this issue? Like, I understand what they told mm-hmm. the defense they had or what they told the trustee that they had to do, but mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, but how, what, how are we going? So we will get there. But I, I thought that yeah. the court was very much like the issue was actually decided very narrowly. Like they had all these arguments and the court was like, no, that's mm-hmm. not right. Nope. That's a non-issue. Nope. No, no. But here's the one little singular issue. And it was so simple. This could have been resolved in like a paragraph. Right. Truthfully. I know. Yeah. But it's yes. interesting though. This judge really went in depth on everything. Every issue. They said standing. Standing's mm-hmm. not an issue. Oh, did we talk about standing? How the Yeah, I think we did. Okay, yeah. So did the, we not? one of the trustees' arguments was that she has no standing to bring the appeal. Oh, no, we did it the other way, that they had no standing to take her earrings, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we didn't go over the standing. Yeah. Right. So one of the arguments that the trustee made was that hey, hey, Erica can't even sue here. She can't even bring um, she can't even bring this appeal because she's not, she's like 
not a party to this. And the defense was like, or the judge essentially said she was sued for her earrings and she lost. Right. She can appeal. Like that's a stupid they issue. They were her thing. Yeah. Don't even talk like that. <laughs> they basically said it was stupid. They were like, they literally wrote standing is not an issue. She d- <laughs> it does not apply. The court is satisfied. Okay. <laughs> it does not apply to a party's ability to defend themselves when sued. It's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was actually pretty good. Like they, the court really laid it out for them. Like, listen, you're trying to say you're using standing for the complete wrong reason. Mm-hmm. It's about who can bring the suit, you know, like not who can defend themselves. Yeah. Cause and- imagine if they're like, sorry, you're not allowed to actually defend yourself in this matter. Yeah. That's insane. That's the stupidest <laughs> argument insane. ever. It was a dumb <laughs> argument. No offense. It, but was. It, was dumb. <laughs> it was another one of those. Let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then they went through equitable mootness again, like really with a fine tooth comb. Truthfully. To like, yeah, like, you know, let's go through all of it. Um, the court found it wasn't moot. Correct. The court said there's these four factors the court mm-hmm. has to look at. And they said essentially three of the four factors weighed against it. So it's not moot. So she could bring mm-hmm. this appeal. Um, mm-hmm. They also said that the trustees turnover motion was not time barred. None of the and if you know, I mean, you probably went a little deeper into that, but that's essentially what the court said that no, there's no statute of limitations or statute of repose issues here. Yeah, no. And I did find it interesting that the court straight out like told them what the remedy was going to be like, you're going to go back, you're going to try this again, you know, because basically at the end of it, it says the court remanded it and sent it back to do whatever, do it again. But here's why, because the court said, And the court said that, and it's kind of what we've already discussed, but that the money came from an express trust account. And the rule Mm -hmm. is that um, funds that are in that an express trust account, they're not property of the bankruptcy estate. That's just the law, Mm -hmm. the flat out rule. Mm -hmm. However, when funds are commingled with other funds in a trust account, then they're no longer subject to the same treatment. They're no longer considered you know, not property of the estate. So that's what the court said. Basically, we're going to send it back Mm -hmm. and you have to make a determination whether the trust was actually commingled. Commingled. Yeah. And like the judge like brought up good points about that too, because the judge was like, okay, go back, talk about if it's commingled, you know, but he also said like, really look at it because the trustee kind of just said, no, they're not co or yes, they are commingled. And the judge is like, okay, but you know, there's attorney's fees that get paid out of those trusts. And like, at what point was the attorney's fees being paid out to Tom Girardi? Because for all the court knows the money that went from the trust account to the earrings salesman could have been the amount of attorney's fees that Tom would have gotten and was entitled to at that time. Yeah. And like, let's kind of break that down a little bit. Cause I think it's a little bit confusing commingling yeah. of funds for it's, it's essentially where if you have a trust account, those are client funds. Like I said, if mm-hmm. I won a million dollars for Lauren and it's sitting in her client trust account, those are Lauren's funds. Commingling mm-hmm. of funds is if I either put my own money in there or under mm-hmm. California rules um, for it's like our ethics rules for attorneys. If Lauren owes me, let's say $400,000 in fees. That's 400, Mm -hmm. you know, 40% of the million dollars. Mm -hmm. And I earn those fees. 
and I leave them in there, let's say for a year or six months, and I don't remove them, that is considered commingling under the state bar rules. So mm-hmm. if I, if, so what, what the court is saying, Hey, we don't know if that 750 were actually would have been Tom's feet anyway. Yeah. It right. would have been his money anyway. We don't know that. So there has right. to be a lot more essentially kind of like forensic Proof. accounting, tracing, yeah. figuring out where this money mm-hmm. went, when it went, how it went. And mm-hmm. On the trustee side, though, they do make a good argument. And I think they might actually, if they can get into the minutia of the client trust account and all of that, if they're able to trace it. Mm-hmm. Their argument is that Tom under no, uh, there's no way humanly possible that it's okay for Tom to have taken a check from the client trust account, $750,000 and wrote it directly to a jeweler. Their argument yeah. is that Tom should have written the $750,000 to Girardi Keys, mm-hmm. then himself take the seven fifty from Girardi Keys. And go and pay the jeweler, mm-hmm. and that's that's true. <laughs> that is true. Even yeah. if even if you owe me, you know, yeah. seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it's in the client trust account, I still have to pay myself first right. before I can go make a payment. I can't just take it from the client trust account and go make a payment to a third party. That's, no, I mean that's think not about the craziness yeah. that that just didn't happen. Like, what about the you know income tax? It, well, duh, that's like the main you know? thing. I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. that there's been no, that he hasn't, there has not been a, a case brought by the federal government for tax fraud, tax evasion, tax, anything. <laughs> I think that might be coming. <laughs> it has to be. There's no, yeah. And that's the whole thing that I don't know that people fully get is that like, this is bad. It's really bad. And I'm, and, and he, yeah, there's, there's still a lot of work to be done on behalf of the trustee to mm-hmm. figure out this issue. And that's mm-hmm. essentially what the court said. The court said, go back, figure out whether the money was in fact commingled. The client trust account was in fact commingled. Then mm-hmm. we'll have another discussion. Yeah. But we don't. And gave them pretty much a rule that they had to follow too, I thought. Did they? Like, I I think he did. I feel like this judge, and of course, my highlights are gone from my digital copy. Of course. At this point. Um, but the judge like did put put forward like a couple rules that were like, this is how I want you to do the thing. This is how you should be briefing this thing, or this is the proof we need more of and gave like a very vague, but I could see kind of like where the judge was going with it way of telling each party how they should do their briefing for the bankruptcy court. Oh, see, I guess I I'm confused on that issue unless maybe it was in something I didn't read, but Cause that's where I felt a little bit confused as to what's the next step. So yeah, they have to go back and prove this, but how, and then when I was reading, um, the, some of the, I think it was, I think you talked about it. Um, next steps, they have a status conference and a pre-trial. Oh, and you know where you talked about it on your TikTok. That's where I said. I did talk about it. (laughs) Um, but they do have a status conference and a pre-trial conference on August 8th, 2023. Mm-hmm. And I was like, pre-trial. So are they going to have a trial on this issue? And that's how they're going to present I think, evidence? I th- I think so. Okay. I so- think they're going to have to. But they also like, I was reading the order for that. And it seemed like the parties, their stipulated order. Mm-hmm. Um, It seemed to me, if I was reading between the lines, like they might work out some sort of a settlement and not even go through with the second briefing process. Of course, because time, money, and energy to yeah. do that. And I don't think people quite understand the, the cost 
the time, Mm -hmm. the effort it takes to continue to do this argument or to do this, you know, yeah. Arguing back and forth that settlement for both sides may be cheaper. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I've never practiced in bankruptcy court, so I'm totally ignorant on this issue. And I'm a little embarrassed that I'm ignorant, but the trustee Mm -hmm. has to be getting paid from somewhere. So yeah, I think the trustee gets paid from the estate. So that's my point is that the longer they fight this battle, the more they're taking Mm -hmm. from the creditors and the creditors are AKA Tom's victims. Right. There are multiple creditors, people that he just didn't pay over the years, but right. Like the the jams, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for mediation, but right. But those clients that he represented who were catastrophically injured, or in some cases, the family members of deceased, you know, deceased uh, people who died in Mm -hmm. horrible accidents, the plane crash, all of that, they're technically called creditors in the bankruptcy Mm -hmm. estate. So if the trustee continues to fight and spend money out of the estate, those people are getting less. So it's sometimes cheaper and easier to just settle. (laughs) And because I mean, this whole briefing about the earrings, like just in the appellate court, I can imagine cost tens of thousands of dollars. Easily. Let's say her attorney good, very good firm, very well respected. Mm-hmm. She's not like hiring just someone at like $250 an hour. Right. Let's and say, it's very well written. Yes. Let's just say $500 an hour. That's probably yeah. m- modest. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. But yeah. So 500 and to, to, they had Research to do all this. appellate brief. Uh-huh. They did the supplemental briefing. They do reply briefing. Mm-hmm. That's at least on a conservative estimate, 50 hours. Yeah. Conservative. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, so that's 25. There were 25 grand. That's, that's, oh, yeah. That, I mean, that would be like cheap. I'm thinking this probably cost in the $50,000 range. So I would agree for $200,000 rings, like at this point, you know, and, and that's, and that's like kind of circle back to where we started. At the end of the day, no matter what happens, Erica's never getting those earrings back. Right. So that tweet or not tweet, the thread, her post. She's never getting them back. No. And then to see the order or like to see their stipulated order back in the bankruptcy court where we just said it seemed like they were going to settle, like to see that and for me to feel that way and you to kind of see it that way. And then for Erica to really double down and be like, nope, I'm getting my earrings back is so weird to me. It's very strange. And I do think that even though I thought it was a snarky comment by the attorney for the trustee to talk about um, Erica wanting this for social media purposes. Mm-hmm. They might not be wrong. I don't think they're very wrong. And, and I do think, I mean, Erica won. I'm I'm like, it was yeah. the order. The turnover order was reversed. That's a win. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. and remanded for further proceedings means we got to send it back and you got to do more work before we can make mm-hmm. a determination on the issue. But right. So it's like a, it's a win, but not a, it's not over. And so right. she could have just said, Erica won her appeal. There'll be further, um, you know, further arguments on who, who's the rightful owner of the, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a simple way to say it instead of going this way, but yes, I think the part that you read in the stip- stipulated order was they were asking for the court to continue these hearing dates because they said, mm-hmm. Um, they want more time to address the issues raised by the remand order, to continue settlement discussions, and to mm-hmm. discuss and attempt to narrow the issues of fact and law in this matter. So that signals that the parties are trying to really figure out how we can get this resolved, in my opinion. I think so too. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, 
This is $250,000 just in cash, right? Because there's no earrings anymore. And if it costs Erica 50 grand on the 20 to 50 grand to do this appeal, it costs, you know, the trustee probably the same amount, costs the estate the same amount. So even the $250,000 now is worth less. Plus the seller fees and all that, those don't get clawed back. Like, the commissions and all that, those stay paid to the people who did the auction, who held the, whatever fees you have to pay an association with winning an auction. And they already said, you're not getting the earrings back. It's just the money. So if that amounts dwindling, 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 no one's winning. Yeah, exactly. Except for Ron Richards. (laughs) Exactly. Which is so sad. Yeah. It's really the saddest thing of it all. If Ron Richards, Ron Richards should friggin' sell the earrings Take us and donate, back the and donate the rest of the money, right? Yeah. I mean, if he really yeah. wants to help, because right now, right now, only, I mean, at from where I sit, the only person making any sort of money off of this is Ron Richards. He got paid as an attorney for the trustee. And then he just got like a bunch of money in equity and diamonds and from the estate. And at Erica's attorneys, attorneys working hard to get paid, you know, to, to, and, and, and she's not wrong. Like, I don't think her filing of her arguing, her argument no. isn't frivolous. So like, she's not wrong. None here. of these were, they were really stupid. Sure. But frivolous. No, like that mm-hmm. one argument that the trustee made that we were like, why would you even yeah. make that yeah. argument? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of Erica, like she could have rolled over and just been like, here are the earrings. But I don't think that it was necessary to do that. No. And I think that that's what I, that's where I, that's where the, I think the general public stands is like, she should just give them back. Why does she care so much about the damn earrings? Give them back. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not that simple. Right. It's not that simple. It's not. No. And she's not. Okay. Did you see um, that she was at that event for the ice cream? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't look into it too much more, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. So are we okay moving on to that? Yeah, we're done. That's what happened. I think we're done. Okay. Yeah. That's what happened. They're Mm going to go back and maybe settle it. Okay. So Erica went to this event where it was an ice cream. What was it called? John Paul's ice cream or something. No idea. I can't, no idea. I can't remember off the top of my head, but something about ice cream, but the people who own the ice cream company are Kimberly Archie and Kathy Rio Gomez. And Kathy Rio Gomez is her son is a creditor of Tom Girardi um, from the gas line explosion. And then Kimberly Archie is a creditor of Tom Girardi because of unpaid fees to her. She from, worked, didn't she work for Girardi Keys for a bit? Yeah, mm-hmm. she worked for Girardi Keys. And then she, he promised to fund some lawsuit that she did in regards to her son. And Tom never did. So she's suing for outstanding legal fees that he never paid. Okay, fine. So they're both creditors of her and they were both in the Hulu hustler and the whatever. And so they're very well known. It's pretty obvious who these people are. And then all of a sudden, Erica shows up with like the LA Times and Radar Online and page (laughs) six and like comes to this ice cream launch and is like meeting with these victims and it's all over Instagram and the tabloids. And I found that super odd. It was a lot of reasons. Yeah. And, um, it felt, it felt weird because I was like, is she getting paid for this? Like what's happening? Like, is this a paid appearance? Is this a donation? Like, is this, what is it? I didn't even, it didn't even consider, I didn't even consider the fact 
that she could be being paid for it. I just thought it was a photo op. There obviously had to have been discussions about her attending this event prior to right. this happening. So what yeah. benefit, except maybe they would want her there. So they get press for what they're doing. I have no idea. I didn't understand it. Cause it wasn't like a sit down thing. No, I, I didn't. It was weird to me and I didn't look into it too much more. So I'm sorry. I don't have a lot to say about it other than I That's thought it okay. was bizarre. And like clearly a photo op for maybe both sides. I think for both, I think the people who ran the ice cream parlor, like they're getting a lot of press, like people know their names. So it's just like an ice cream shop that they opened. Yeah. And from what I understand, because of course I couldn't help myself and I looked really hard into it and I like (laughs) went to the ice cream shops like website and these women are doing this ice cream shop where every flavor, the sales from every flavor go to a different charity. And so it's like a charitable ice cream shop. Okay. On like Ventura Boulevard. I don't know. (laughs) Seems like a very expensive operation to run if you ask me. Uh Um, And then- I don't know why Erica had to come in and somebody said that Erica sat down with the LA times like at that event, but then I never saw anything from the LA times. So I'm like, are they working on like another huge story a right before piece? Yeah, probably. I and I think they're going to turn her into like an empathetic character. <laughs> I think that, um, she makes strange moves like PR wise. Yeah. I, like I said earlier, I don't think she handled it initially in a way that makes sense to most people. Obviously right. none of us know her. So perhaps, you know, it's defense mechanism and like, I'm just going to put my guard up and I'm going to take care of me and then I'll figure the rest out as like my life falls apart. Perhaps yeah. that was the move, but it doesn't make sense when you're on television and you're actively seeming like, fuck these people. Like, she was at least that's how it appeared she didn't give a shit about anyone else but herself no she literally said she didn't give a shit about anyone else but <laughs> okay, herself. so that wasn't like, I wasn't I like reading between quote. the lines <laughs> no <laughs> direct quote I don't give a shit <laughs> yeah so I mean again so now I don't know about this pivot because it's like maybe too little too late yeah but I mean, I don't know if it's ever too late to do the right thing, but if it's just a PR move, then it's probably too late. Um, I think yeah. people have their opinions about Erica and the situation, but like I said, I do think that it's more nuanced than the internet will allow. I don't think people ever, yeah. it's always, people just live in these like two extremes. It's exhausting. Yes. Especially on, the, especially on the internet. Exactly. I think that and like, like, if you go, if you go against what they like, like if you're say I post something that's like pro Erica or seemingly pro Erica, you know, people are like, how dare you? Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous that people are gonna be like, fuck you. You love Erica. And it's like, I'm not, I don't, I'm just saying we just love the law. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. I love the law. And I happen to really love pop culture. And I love like all of this nonsense. I love Bravo, love the housewives. And I think that the issue is just so much more complex. And I wish people would allow discussions that are deeper and more complex right without fun so I have to tell you I posted um an Instagram reel like maybe a couple months ago and it appeared to be pro Teresa which the New Jersey fans are insane yeah so personally I don't like Teresa Mm -hmm. I'm just I don't like her that's just my personal uh view of her. But this the Instagram reel I posted, it had to do with Louie. You know how there was this article that came out about him being invested or he was being I don't even remember. He was being 
the target of an investigation for oh uh-huh. remember like that? the FTC yes. or something yeah. yeah but it wasn't the FTC it was just some law firm that was like trying to get clients to see if they've been scammed by him yeah yeah so I posted a reel about it because there had been a press release and people were like oh my gosh Louis's being investigated and da 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 and I was like no he's not being investigated this is just a law firm who's trying to get clients and if they can get mm-hmm. enough clients who say that they've been defrauded by him then they'll bring a class action that was essentially what the reel said in in a nutshell yeah and I said if it was the FT- FTC investigating him give me a call then we got something here and mm-hmm. that the amount of shares and responses and things because people thought I was pro Teresa and then the fights in the comments amongst like the oh Melissa God. stands in the street I was like all I'm doing is giving you facts about the law and right. what's really happening. I'm trying to just give an unbiased point of view, but because people thought I was taking a side yeah, and defending Louie, I really wasn't. I was just telling you what was going on. No, I remember that video. Like yeah. you, you weren't defending Louie and I don't think, I mean, I know you, I don't think you would. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, no, no. kind of cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I was more um, like, this is just a lot of, this is an, this is clickbait. This is, mm-hmm. this is and like Zach's thread. Like this is all wrong. Let's just get the facts right. I don't care what the facts, the facts are. Right. Let's just get them yeah. right. I kind of wish I saw his live. Cause I'm curious, like what was talked about? Oh, I'm so you know, curious. Where he's like, should we go live? Yeah, did he, I don't know if he went like, live. I don't either. And I wish I could have been there because I would, I want to know like what everyone else thinks about this. Like, obviously everyone else thought that she got her earrings back. I wanted to be like, yeah, we should have been on the live and been like, no, sir. Can I join? (laughs) Please let me in. Raise his hand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's wild. And when people say they go live, what do they mean? Like on Instagram or on YouTube? I think on Instagram. Oh. Maybe on YouTube, but I think it's Instagram. And if you have a YouTube show and YouTube, and then they just like talk I I've tried it before on Instagram, like to go live mm-hmm. and it's terrifying. I, <laughs> I hate it. I'm never doing it again. Why? Why is it terrifying? You know, because when you did it, like- you did it when you were in New York. I remember that because, oh yeah, because I that hopped was on. Of fun. Yeah. That was like live streaming a, a news, Historic like it was news. Event. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Historic. she was going to prison. <laughs> uh. Our ideas of historic versus other people's are quite different, probably. <laughs> the historians are like, oh my God, these bimbos. No, <laughs> we just know what's history and what's not. Okay. <laughs> Get with the times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I think that that's what I like. That's why I like doing this is because mm-hmm. even though I do have strong opinions about a lot of things, I would prefer that when we're talking about the law, we have legal issues that we just yeah. get it right. Right. You know, and it's, it's really interesting to read both sides with like an open mind. For sure. I don't, I, I'm don't need to defend Erica. I don't need to, I always someone else a lot of money for that. For sure. I just want to know what the legal issues are and what the outcome is. And I think it is really interesting. And at the end of the day, I, because of what I do, I don't think I have, I couldn't have more empathy for what these people have gone through to come to your attorney in the worst part of your life and have someone who's supposed Mm -hmm. to be advocating for you, taking care of you and hoping to right a wrong in the best way they can. And then to steal your money and to victimize you further. It's the worst thing you can do. Like, I can't think of anything worse. So there's no way I don't want anyone to ever get it twisted. There's nothing about what Tom did that I would ever be okay with, or that I think is appropriate under any circumstances. So, um, this is just a discussion about a legal issue. It's on appeal for legal reasons. Um, (laughs) And that's that's all that that is. But anyway, yeah, that's my little soapbox. (laughs) I enjoyed it. (laughs) 
Thank you so much of for course, coming you. on. Thanks and... for letting me. <laughs> Should I tell... Oh my God, please. I invited, so I invited myself to be on today's episode. <laughs> She's like, hi, can I come? I'm like, absolutely. That's literally Here's what everything I found. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what happened. <laughs> um, tell everyone where they can find you, follow you and listen to you and Thank everything. You. Yeah. On Instagram is probably the best at legally 40 ish. Um, also, I'll be podcasting again. So back, come find me on Legally 40-ish. If it changes, I won't change the feed. It'll just probably change the artwork and the name. So you'll still be able to find me. Um, For now, it is what it is. But I'm I'm excited to be (laughs) back and I appreciate you letting me be here today. Of course, of course. Okay, everybody. Well, I guess have fun with the rest of your week. (laughs) This should have been the best hour of your week, I think. Uh, It sure was. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. Allegedly Bravo podcast is hosted, produced, and researched by Lauren Peavy House. Allegedly Bravo is available anywhere you listen to podcasts and cannot be copied or rebroadcast without consent. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps me out. This podcast is made available by the lawyer or legal expert for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the law, not to provide specific legal advice. By listening to this podcast, you understand that there's no attorney-client relationship between you and the podcast publisher. Allegedly Bravo podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state. Got it? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.